You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we dive beneath the surface to see what's happening with technology in the music industry. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa, the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that specializes in music and tech and music tech. And today we're going to take a deep dive into the growing Los Angeles music technology scene with founder, entrepreneur, and university lecturer, Dave Bogan. Dave is the founder and CEO of Tune Registry, a music rights administration platform, and teaches music innovation at UCLA's Herb Albert School of Music and consults with music tech startups and never seems to sleep. Great to have you on, Dave. Thanks for having me. I super appreciate it. Yeah, I, I've, you know, we've started running into each other at um, different music industry, music tech conferences, and just been super impressed with all that you're doing. And um, you seem to have your, your finger on the pulse of a lot of stuff. And LA just keeps coming up. And I thought, let's talk today. He, he's got to know what's going on. But <laughs> before we dive into what's going on in LA's music tech scene, I remember seeing um, on your Facebook page a while back that your move to LA was kind of a cool story. So I'm curious, where'd you come from and, and why'd you come to LA? Sure. Um, well, it's funny looking back, it seems cool because it wasn't cool in the moment. <laughs> um, I you know, I've been in Los Angeles now for a little over 15 years. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I came here and on December 4th, 2003, I've always wanted to come to Los Angeles and um, pursue the music and entertainment industry um, as a um, as a performer, actually, in the beginning. And over time, I kind of shifted to more of the business side. Uh, but I came here, uh, you know, on an aggressive pursuit of my my goals and my career. I was 18 years old. I was wow. homeless and unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found one opportunity to uh, get a job um, that included housing uh, for as an assistant to kind of an Emmy Award winning director, and um, I went for it. Just got a one way ticket on Southwest Airlines from Cleveland to to Burbank Airport and uh, made the leap and you know, landed and just you know really focused on trying to establish some sense of, of stability so that i can from there start building my career um again i, I came out here as a aspiring artist so that was really the focus when i when i first came here so auditioning and, and trying to find communities of, of other um, creators to um, engage with and, and try to learn from i didn't know anything about Los Angeles. I had only been here once before, a few months earlier for a couple of days to, to, to look at colleges. And uh, that was the first and, and first time I've been to Los Angeles. And the second time was when I took the one-way trip and, and came into Burbank. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, but that was, you know, it was a scary moment because I didn't, I wasn't sure of what I was going to be able to um, uh, accomplish or how I was going to plant my feet. I didn't have a network here. I didn't know anyone. Um, I had, I, sorry, I had one friend actually who graduated high school one year before me who lived in Long Beach. Um, but other than that, I didn't know anyone. I didn't, certainly didn't know anyone in the entertainment industry. Uh, but um, I, I knew I had to try. Did you have some sleepless nights when you got there thinking, oh, did I make the right move? And No, I was super anxious because I was super excited. I was happy that I made the move and I felt that anything that would come my way, I would deal with it and and, and, and keep moving forward with uh, trying to pursue um, my career. I also wanted to continue with my academics, you know, so getting into college was important to me as well. Um, The funny story is I 
apply to UCLA um, when I was in high school. It was the only college I wanted to go to. And um, I got rejected twice, actually. And, <laughs> and, and now I teach there, so I always tell that story to my students. Um, but, you know, I, I, yeah, I got rejected. But um, I, I eventually did end up going to UCLA. I've, I've learned about a, a transfer program um, that, that I could take at uh, community college. And I did that and eventually got into UCLA. That's so cool. So let's, I know this is going to be like a, a kind of a, a, a long answer if we do the whole thing, but let's at least touch on this. How did you get from there to starting Tune Registry? Um, yeah, so I started managing artists um, and running my own indie label and publishing company um, after college. Um, towards, nice. towards the uh, last year of UCLA, I started a, a DJ management company because during my college years, I was a club promoter and event producer. Um, and a part of my role was booking DJs and that, that led to um, DJs asking me to manage them. So I formed my, my DJ management company. And um, my first job after college was um, a head of marketing of a, of a retail chain that was a youth focused retail chain uh, called Chic Shoes. And I pitched to the founder the idea of developing a music division uh, which I ultimately ended up heading up and building all types of programs with uh, major labels and and um, artists and independent artists and you know, identifying independent artists that we could promote and and and, and use our platform to get to generate exposure for them. Um, but I ended up managing live acts uh, or artists because I produced a multi-city talent search and the, and the winners had to win something <laughs> and. Uh, you know, one of the things they won was um, management uh, with with my management company. Um, so, so you became a manager to offer it as a prize? Is that what you're well, saying? I was already managing DJs, and we were doing well. I mean, we'd already did you know a number of music festivals, and we had great relationships. We had brand sponsors and things like that. Um, I also had relationships with major labels, independent labels, brands, and so forth through my work uh, at Chic Shoes. So um, I was already managing DJs. We had other managers in my management company managing LiveX. I just personally wasn't managing LiveX. Uh, so I got into managing the LiveX. Um, I also started an independent label and a publishing company. And while running those three things, a management company, a label, and a publishing company, I learned a lot about the music rights ecosystem um, from, the, from the perspective of the creator and the rights holders. Um, and, and realized how fragmented the space was um, and how challenging it was to keep up with a lot of the things that we had to do to make sure that our music was properly registered. And then I went to uh, grad school um, at, at CSUN, California State University, Northridge, um, to uh, pursue a master's degree in music industry administration, where I focused on copyright administration and music publishing. And that's really where I learned a lot more about um, the, the challenges that not only creators, but pretty much everyone in the music ecosystem from DSPs, digital service providers, to record labels, to publishers, to music rights organizations, to metadata companies, all the challenges that we're facing um, kind of steered or kind of um, revolved around metadata and information about music. And I would go to conferences like South by Southwest and and listen to panelists talk about you know, these issues of unclaimed royalties and poor metadata. And no one had solutions. They what they had was a lot of stories and, and anecdotes of, of wow of why it's a problem. 
but but there were very few solutions, especially solutions that were uh, for independent artists and quote unquote long tail artists. So I started thinking about you know the challenge and how it can be solved from a tech standpoint. And um, at the time, I had started doing some consulting work with a number of founders of, of music tech companies um, and helping them get get their apps and services licensed by music rights organizations and, and, and licensing clearance houses. So I went to my contacts at the music rights organizations and asked a bunch of questions in regards to the problems and the challenges that they that they have. And, and if there was a solution, what would that look like for them? Um, I took all those different perspectives and put it together into what we now call tune registry, um, which was you know, trying to create a central um, platform for music rights holders and artists to manage their metadata, to gather their their you know, their rights information, and then to streamline the delivery of that information to the many places that it needs to go to. Um, so that's really what the concept was, and I, I brought together my team members uh, Jesse Morris, Karen McGee, and Shane Zelinskis. And the four of us uh, developed Tune Registry and launched it at South by Southwest uh, two years after our, I came up with the idea at South by Southwest. So it was a, certainly a, a South by Southwest story, a part of it too. Will this South by Southwest 2019 be part of the story as well? Um, it very well may be. Um, <laughs> we're working on something that we may be able to announce by then. Gotcha. But you'll be there in Austin? I will be there. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Speak on the panel. Gotcha. Great. What's the panel? Um, I'm not sure of the title now because I know the title changed um, and I haven't looked at it in a while. Okay. It was about, you know, rights and development, uh, kind of development of uh, music rights. So I think we're still sticking to that, uh, but I haven't, I haven't looked at the, the, the final name. All right, cool. So um, let's dive into what else is going on in music tech in LA. Um, sure. How, how would you describe what's been going on there since you got to town and what it's shaping up to be now? Yeah, so uh, I, I think LA in the last couple of years um, has taken music tech more seriously. Um, there's communities outside of Los Angeles that was already doing things in music tech, and what I mean by that is uh, an entire ecosystem of you know academic you know uh, pursuits, um, actual funding, uh, workspace communities, and things like that. So outside of Los Angeles, you have things like 2112 and Chicago and Project Music in Nashville. And I was familiar with both of those, uh, those organizations and communities and, 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 have, and have spoken with the folks that run that and some of the startups that have participated. But in the last few years, Los Angeles have, um, has really come together um, to look at the future of music in Los Angeles from a tech standpoint, from a legislation standpoint, from a, um, a venue standpoint, from a policy standpoint, in terms of you know how long people can be even you know stay out <laughs> to to enjoy uh, nightlife, um, and then we're starting to see more um, of the established companies uh, participate in uh, innovation in ter- in terms of uh, from a financing standpoint, so. You know, there's a lot of areas right now that I that I can actually run run, run down with you that I that I see. Um, let's start with academia. So uh, with academia, you know, in Los Angeles, UCLA is one of the largest universities in Southern California, 
and um, the Herb Alpert School of Music, where I'm, where I'm a lecturer. I teach a class on music industry, entrepreneurship, and innovation. Uh, it's a billboard recognized class. I was mentioned in their um, 20, 2017 top 15 music business schools. Um, it's a course that I developed after spending many years uh, advising and consulting and mentoring uh, founders of music tech companies and realizing that a lot of these founders are really smart um, technologists, but didn't have a lot of experience in the music industry or any experience at all and would develop companies that would immediately, um, you know, infringe on the copyrights of, of rights holders and, um, you know, end up getting sued or, you know, some kind of a deal that's overreaching. Um, so I thought, you know, there needs to be a way to start to educate computer science majors that are interested in the music industry on, you know, what the challenges they're going to, what the challenges are that they'll face if they're developing, you know, trying to develop the next Spotify or the next, you know, Shazam or whatever app or tool that they want to develop. So I came up with the idea. And when I started thinking about it, um, the, uh, there's a, um, a center at UCLA uh, created by Dr. Gigi Johnson called the Center for Music Innovation um, that I just launched in the Herb Hopper School of Music. And the center uh, was, was really a hub for different types of projects around innovation and um, the music industry and kind of bridging UCLA and the greater music industry. Um, so I pitched the idea to uh, some of the folks at, at the school and the center and ultimately came on board as the uh, first fellow, innovation fellow at the Center for Music Innovation. Um, and then I've worked with Dr. Gigi Johnson to develop a summer academic program called the Music Industry Summer Institute in 2016. And we invited um, students from all over the country, um, as well as uh, tech founders, so you didn't have to be a student, to take um, two courses that were over the course of six weeks. So that was a starting point. Um, and there was a, it was a class on music tech startups. So we went over everything from product development and licensing and using APIs and respecting the artists and creator rights. Uh, it's a really innovative program. Um, I've since scaled up that program to, um, to cover more than just, just um, music apps, but also innovation in other forms or other sectors of the music industry. So live music and recorded music and artist management and so forth. Um, so now the program that I teach is called Music Industry Entrepreneurship and Innovation. And I, I do that, uh, I'm currently teaching that class. So the Center for Music Innovation, um, one of the notable projects that's currently happening right now at the center is the Future of Music in LA, which includes a symposium that took place in February, as well as an ongoing interactive map project and this sort of trends survey. Uh, the map that, that they're developing enables you to click on it and learn about music venues and communities across Los Angeles. And the survey is capturing data about music stories and experiences in Los Angeles. And that, that survey data is going to be gathered uh, to become a part of an aggregate data set used to look for overarching trends in Los Angeles and kind of the, the, the future of, of, of Los Angeles from the perspective of consumers. On the flip side of that, so that's kind of what's happening in academia. There's other universities that are also looking at music programs and innovation. Um, on the flip side of that, the other kind of category of things happening right now in Los Angeles is in the government. Um, 
So the city of Los Angeles Department of Cultural Affairs um, just produced their first inaugural um, um, kind of festival called Composed LA 2019, which was the entire month of, of February. And the, the purpose of Composed LA is it's supposed to be a platform to showcase LA's leading contemporary composers, their innovative music artists, uh, dynamic thought leaders, and engaging music spaces. And it, again, it occurred throughout February uh, with multiple events. Uh, the theme is, you know, what is human, what is race um, as an inspiration. And the uh, first um, edition of the festival included partnerships with everyone from Red Bull Music um, to UC Irvine and UCLA and the American Composers Forum of Los Angeles and, and many others. So, it, you know, it's really interesting way that the city um, wanted to engage the music industry to understand um, not only the experiences we're, we're, we're creating or having, but also how can the city participate in making Los Angeles a better music city for businesses and for, and for residents and visitors. So that's kind of what's happening in the kind of the government sector. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see, because I took some notes here. Then what, what I really like is a couple of years ago, I, I remember having this conversation with um, Chris Castle and um, Keith uh, Bernstein, and it was about developing an accelerator specifically to music tech companies because there was there weren't any at the time. Uh, I was being a mentor and advisor to a number of founders of uh, startups that were in accelerators like Mucker Lab and Amplify and another one in the Bay Area, but those startups accelerators were not. Um, specific to the music industry. And I was thinking about creating an accelerator with, with, with uh, a number of partners around music. And then um, I met someone at Techstars and in, in, uh, in Boulder and they said, oh, we're working on a, we're working on an accelerator program in Los Angeles. So right now we have Techstars Music, an accelerator here in Los Angeles. And I think it's great. It's, it's managing directors, Bob Moz, and they invest $120,000 in 10 startups to you know, really get them going. They have a 12-week program with, with mentors and partners. Um, and they have this artist in residence program where they identify um, emerging or established recording artists and provide um, you know, connect, uh, connect relationship between the founders and the artists. Um, another one that just launched uh, was, is the G-Beta Music Tech, which is Capital Music Group's partnership with um, Generator. Generator produces a number of accelerators across the country. And it's a free accelerator, which is a little different um, than, than most. It's a free music tech accelerator, and I'm one of the mentors. Um, and they identify about six startups um, and provide a mentorship and guidance. And they work out of the Capital Music Group and Studios um, and here in Hollywood. And I think it's a, a great way for founders to have conversations with major labels, with artists, with managers around what they're building. Um, and there are two companies that, that come out of there that, that I really like is one is called Wishing, um, which is a platform for um, crowd investing into um, concerts and tours. And then there's another one called Stereo, which is a uh, kind of a ride share music app. Uh, and they're plugging drivers into this network to um, promote independent and, and emerging artists. Are those companies 
from LA or did they come to LA just for the accelerator? Um, I believe Stereo was already here in LA. Uh, Wishing came from Latin America and they were, they're, they're expanding into United States. And this was, uh, I believe their first um, engagement uh, to, to that end. But um, there's a, there was a number of other startups. Another thing, I guess, and that's a good point that you make, um, is that the Los Angeles music scene is not a is not a local scene in the sense that everyone is from Los Angeles, right? So I'm from Ohio. Um, a lot of my colleagues are from all over the country or all over the world. Um, it's certainly a hub with a lot of different perspectives coming from uh, different parts of the world um, coming together to you know develop music or innovation or projects or um so there's a, it's really interesting because it's there's there's not a lot of um you know there's actually not a lot of folks who are born and raised in los angeles who are engaged it's it's really a lot of uh, individuals who've come to los angeles from from all over right um definitely i mean you have a you have a major major city there um and uh that's cool to to see those accelerators taking off is the capital one referred to as capital 360 i thought i saw that yeah so i mean well the actually so the accelerator is called g beta music tech that's the name of the accelerator now there's also workspaces that are developing here in los angeles that are music focused and that is capital 360 so capital music groups capital 360 is a collaborative workspace and um you know, they create events there, they have workshops, it's, um, they're trying to create a community where um, technologists and artists and creators and even students can come together and, and create and explore. So Capital 360 is a, a workspace and G-Beta Music Tech is their accelerator, um, which takes place in the workspace. There's also another workspace called the Retto LA, which is actually the Retto from London. Uh, which is coming here to LA, um, and they're not open yet, right? In, in LA. They're not open yet. They're coming uh, downtown, I believe, in the summer um, or late spring, and it's a collective of you know artists and creatives and technologists, and you know working on um, music projects and business projects, uh, and it, it, it's successful in London, and, and it's coming here to Los Angeles, and um, I've been talking with them as well as, as, as a mentor to work with some of the, the founders uh, of that, uh, that, that will be members of the rattle. We have also interesting communities. So we have workspaces, we have accelerators, but we also have communities. Uh, for example, you know, the Recording Academy has a, a chapter here in Los Angeles. It's the oldest and largest chapter of the Recording Academy. And we also have a number of, of kind of um, informal social groups. I run a group called the SoCal Music Industry Professionals, um, where we have online networking. And then I also do every two months um, a networking meetup at a different bar or restaurant uh, across greater Los Angeles. So I've done them in Malibu. I've done North Hollywood. I've done Santa Monica. I've done Long Long Beach. I've done all over Mid-City. And I've done downtown. So it's just a way to bring these communities together in these smaller kind of subset communities because some people, you know, if you live in the West side, you don't often drive downtown and, and vice versa. So it's a way for us to kind of come together and see people who you're emailing with, you know, every day throughout the week um, and then able to kind of see them person and, and, and meet up. 
what's also interesting is, you know, we on the west side of Los Angeles, where you have the beach cities, we call it Silicon Beach. Uh, so we've always had acceler- um, I'm sorry, VCs, uh, venture capitalists, uh, and, when, and, that, and that community is growing. Uh, but I remember back when I was working with a number of accelerators, the, the, the idea was that, um, or, or the saying was, we don't invest into music tech or music companies because we don't invest into content. Um, or there was a fear of investing into content companies because of the licensing cannibalizes the revenue. Um, so the traditional VCs, you know, sometimes wouldn't look at a music tech startup. But now we're, we're starting to see um, VC opportunities that are um, specific to music industry. So Capital 360, again, you know, are, are, they're doing, uh, they're looking at startups to invest into. Um, and Josh, Josh Rensberg and, and Nicholas Osborne are, are, are doing a lot of that uh, work. Um, Warner Music Group has WMG Boost, uh, which invests up to a million dollars in early stage, uh, even pre-revenue startups. And I've been able to, you know, introduce a couple of founders to them for consideration. And they have an online process for any founder to be able to submit for consideration. Um, and that recently launched just, just last year, the WMG Boost. Um, it was just announced recently that, you know, Scooter Braun, um, you know, partner with a number of, of, of music industry, um, um, you know, executives like Zach Katz and, um, and Sheriff Senderoff uh, to, to launch Raised in Space Enterprises, which is a, a VC that's going to invest anywhere from 500000 to $5 million in tech startups here in Los Angeles. Uh, well, they don't have to be here in Los Angeles, but, but Raised in Space Enterprises is based here in Los Angeles. Um, and then still we have Adam Factory, which is um, which was created by um, Troy Carter, and you know they have a number of uh, investments in music and and outside of music uh, that they're working on. And then there's a and and then pretty much every major label um, and some of the agencies have um, venture um, activity investments into uh, startups. And some in some capacity, and and some artists. There's a number of artists that are doing investments into startups and ideas. So that's pretty much the landscape. Um. <laughs> Man, it's it's funny. Yeah, you you start off with this thing about kind of the the school the schools and and some of the government stuff, and then just out of your mouth comes all of these other <laughs> things as well that's that are going on in Los Angeles in terms of uh, incubators and VC, um, and uh, you know. I was I was noticing. I think one of the one of the things that interests me about Los Angeles, I noticed uh, about six months ago, or maybe eight months ago, there was news that Spotify is opening regional headquarters mm. in the Arts District. Um, yeah, and I was like, okay, Spotify paying attention. Obviously, they have the content play, and and being near Hollywood is a good thing, and also the major labels there. So I don't know. Are you hearing much about Spotify in LA at this point? No, I haven't. But I know um, Warner was supposed to, be, supposed to be moving their offices from Burbank to downtown. I'm not sure if that's still happening or not, but it's been a while since I heard that. thought that maybe, um, I'm not sure whether they're going to be in the same complex or whether, what's this? I'm looking at Curbed LA. Warner Group announced plans to relocate to the neighborhood from Burbank in 2016 and both Food replacement startup Soylent and the USC Roski School of Art and Design are moving into At Mateo along with Spotify. So maybe that's still in the works. And then Apple Music 
is uh, putting a 128,000 square foot of office and retail space across four stories um, in Culver City. So that's two big players there. When I was in LA last, I don't know if you've been there yet, but uh, there's a newish YouTube space in, uh, uh, is it maybe by Playa Ooh. del Rey or uh, Playa Vista? It's the, uh, I think it's a former um, hangar. See, there's a, there's a lot happening. See, I, I can't even keep up. <laughs> there's so much happening. Yeah, and you mentioned Silicon Beach. I know Facebook has a has a big right, play, play yeah. there. I'm I'm looking at um, uh, TikTok. I, I I just I I had heard somewhere TikTok has an LA presence. The only thing I could find is that there's 59 job openings in LA by TikTok. Yeah, so um, someone I, I, I a colleague or an acquaintance of mine just became their director of artists relations and music, um, and you know they're working on a number of programs um to help artists really understand how to you know how to how to leverage uh the, the community and the platform um we're i'm still learning more about the the rights and, and royalty issues around tiktok and um you know have, have i've had a couple conversations with with some labels and publishers in regards to you know how they feel um about what's what you know how it's currently operating but we'll we'll see that unfold i'm sure in the coming months. Yeah, the whole social music space is especially intriguing because there's unexpected or new uses of of music or compositions and um, it's uh, how they get repurposed and, and so forth. It's super, super intriguing. Um, I've, I recently came across um, Arabian Prince uh, from NWA mm-hmm. has, a, has some sort of innovation incubator in LA as well. Yeah, we actually just did a... We met several years ago when I was the VP of Marketing and Strategic Partnerships and the General Manager of Music of Chic. And we met then, and then we reconnected a couple of months ago, and we both spoke on a panel for the House of House of Blues um, Foundation. Uh, they, they put together a, a music um, kind of innovation program. Yeah, an interesting platform for students, primarily targeting students. And we, and we reconnected then. I know he was doing, he was talking on the panel about um, you know, how, how he transitioned or, or I guess expanded from the music industry to then learn code and start working on technology and, 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 and getting into that space. So it's really good to see those, those kind of examples of being able to uh, bridge the gap between music and technology, not just from a um, ideation standpoint where you have a lot of uh, kind of business focused people, but actual creators where you're creating music and you're actually creating software. And he's a great example of that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things about LA is you've got the trifecta of, of, uh, Hollywood, uh, film and TV, uh, with, uh, this growth in technology along Silicon beach and around the city and music all coming together in one, one place. I think just to mention, and you may, this may trigger some other, um, thoughts from you, uh, a few companies that I've seen kind of in the music technology space at conferences and things are Exactuals, mm-hmm. the, um, the micropayments company that was bought by uh, City National Bank, I think is I think their headquarters is in Los Angeles. Um, Pex, Pex.com, mm-hmm. uh, a, a company that's um, 
that does not only stuff with music, but also their main focus is on video, uh, understanding how videos are getting used. In- well, yeah, I mean, if, uh, I mean, if we get started talking about startups, we'll, we'll be here for another hour. I mean, you have STEM and Repost Network and Song Trader and uh, you know, Tune Registry work here and, um, you know, Cobalt and, you know, has, has a space here and um, so can, and they're doing um, and, uh, all types of uh, integrations and investments in technology. So there's a lot happening um, at the startup level. Yeah, AdRev, AdRev, AdRev is there, here. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few. Muzuka <laughs> uh, is here, which just announced um, their, right. their partnership with GraceNote. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, and I, and I see these founders and, and executives, you know, quite frequently um, at, at the music conferences, like as, as you do as well. Um, and that's why I put together SoCal Music Industry Professionals so that kind of between these big conferences, you know, every two months, we, there's sort of a happy hour where we can get together and, and just, you know, catch up. That's cool. Um, how do people find out about when those events are going on? We have a, I have a meetup page. So if you go to meetup.com and search for SoCal Music Industry Professionals um, or type in meetup.com forward slash S-C-M-I-P online, then it'll come up. Cool. And uh, you're doing those every two months that you said? Every two months. I've done about 13 so far. That's great. What's the format? It's super informal. You, where I, uh, I choose a location. Actually, my assistant chooses a location and um, we pick a date and a time. Normally, it's a Wednesday uh, between six and nine. And um, we announce it. We have a Facebook group as well. So if you're in Southern California, you can join the Facebook group, uh, which is SoCal Music Industry Professionals. And um, yeah, we, we just hang out and have a network it's it's not a it's not a formal more like a networking reception there's no there's no presentation or pitches or there's no presentation very rarely very rarely i have had presentations and 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 some open mics or live performances but it's 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 very rare i really want it to be a very organic experience um you come in you put on the name tag and you know you know grab a beer or, or whatever and Start meeting so people. if music tech companies want to to come to LA and just tap in, maybe visit, do meetings, whatever. You mentioned some of the some of the things in terms of incubators and stuff. Are there any other uh, meetup types of events or any other networks that uh, you would suggest they tap into? Um, well, I, I always recommend that. Uh, well, if you're a music creator, you should join you know the relevant organizations for creators, you know, like the Recording Academy and. Um, your PRO, if you're you know, a songwriter, then you should join your a PRO. And the PROs sometimes have local events. Um, so there's a lot of networking happening there. Um, on the business side, kind of like tech founders, um, there are, you know, there's, there's not that many kind of trade organizations for tech founders. Um, we have the Open Music Initiative, which is actually based out of Boston. Um, but there are members here in Los Angeles, and we recently had a Los Angeles member meeting um, and, you know, that's kind of one way to stay in the know of, of, of some of the things that are happening um, in, in the tech space, specifically around metadata um, and, and interoperability. Um, you know, again, my group, SoCal Music and Professionals, there's a couple of other groups that are not music specific that are on Meetup that are tech um, in general. Um, you know, that's that's one way. There may be a couple of music industry folks in there. Um, 
but other than that, I mean, there's a number of, 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 of uh, events that take place throughout the year, um, like the Muse Expo and the DIY, D, um, DEW Expo. And, um, you know, there's, there's ways to kind of network. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things. Yeah, cool, awesome, Dave. If folks want to get in touch with you. What's the what's the best method? Is it uh, t- Twitter or Facebook or? I am uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram every single day. <laughs> it's it's not hard to find me. Um, I'm at Dave Bogan Music pretty much everywhere. Um, so that's, if you that's type D A E B O G A N. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. D A E B O G A N Music. And I'll tell our listeners, you know, I, I follow you on some of those f- platforms and I, I find it, um, I mean, you do, you're great about sort of keep bringing people along with your story about what you're up to, where you're going. And you are moving a lot, man. You're very busy and speaking at lots of conferences, um, running your own startup uh, with co-founders and, and advising and so forth. So, man, hats off to you, Day. I, I think you're, you're killing it. And um, uh, I'm sure we'll see great things coming from Tune Registry and other things you're involved with. So thanks so much for joining us, Day. It was, it was great to have you on for our little LA Music Tech Dive. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Music Tectonics. Please, if you enjoy the show, give us a, a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and keep spreading the word. You can sign up for the Music Tectonics uh, email updates at musictectonics.com. We also have a blog there, which will also let you know when the podcasts are up and other blog posts and articles that we're working on. And if you're interested in finding out more about my company, Rock, Paper, Scissors, a music and technology PR firm, just go to rockpaperscissors.biz. You can reach me through the contact page there. If I could spell my name for you, it's D-M-I-T-R-I-V-I-E-T-Z-E. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and everywhere else too. So thanks again. Look forward to hearing uh, hearing uh, from, from you again soon, Day. And uh, thanks for listening. You're listening to Music Tectonics.